Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This week, every day on Cabin Devos, we are publishing an episode at 9 p.m. These are interviews and conversations I have had with friends on our live shows that I believe will bless you. This coming Sunday, on the 20th of November, we are having Elena and all her single friends coming to explain to us why they fear to commit. We shall discuss fears singles have concerning marriage. Some are legit fears. They are problems that married people now cannot escape, while others are baseless fears. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for tuning in tonight for Cabin Devils. My name is David, and tonight I'll be joined by Mr. Kevin Holman and... uh, Manzi Kajina. I hope that uh, you guys are ready. It's going to be a very difficult, hot topic, but I pray and hope that each one of us will learn something, at least to be prepared for doomsday, the day you lose your job. And uh, I, I really hope that that day never comes, but it will have to come, whether retirement or you're being laid off or maybe promoted to a different job. I do not know. And it's been a beautiful song we've been listening to by Taryn Wells, Hills and Valleys. Indeed, he's the god of the hills and valleys. Isn't it a privilege to know that we are actually not alone? I'm humbled by the verse in the song where Taryn says, I've watched my dreams get broken. In you, I hope again. And today we are gathered together to discuss just that adversity that comes up on the day you lose your job. And our prayer, just like the chorus says, is that at the end of the show, we will be able to sing, on the mountains I will bow my life to the one who set me there. In the valley I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. Once again, I'm glad to have you. And just before I can be able to introduce the speaker for the day, I want to recognize those of you who are listening in from near and far. I can see Lindsay has joined us, Mr. Joshua. Selunjoji, glad that you're here. I mean, now that I'm seeing some of these names, Kato Victor, James, Kunda, Florence, um, I'm thinking I should have had these guys come up to the show to share their thoughts. And I know some of you have a history of once uh, being laid off, especially around COVID. Uh, stuff happened. And uh, sometimes we look back and it wasn't a funny moment, but we're still grateful. We're still very, very grateful. Um, I know the poster mentioned that Terry would be hosting this show. Um, but yeah, Terry, please pray for him. Uh, he lost uh, uh, a family member this week, and so he's not able to join us. And I'm sure that uh, where he is, he has some friends uh, around him to comfort him and, uh, and family. And uh, maybe before we start, I'm going to ask Manzi. Uh, at some point, Manzi, whenever you're ready, to just tune in so we can be able to to pray for Terry and uh, his family. Don't forget to invite your friends and family to join us tonight. Your neighbors, your current employers, including including the employer that might have sucked you in the past. Please go ahead and ask them to come and tune in so they can be able to benefit from tonight's show. And all you have to do is click that button uh, with an arrow pointing outward on your screen. That's the share button and invite your friends. Let me give you a hint. When you're posting that link on WhatsApp, just kind of edit it a little bit. I know it's one default answer that says, hey, I found an amazing podcast. Just make it more personal uh, to your friends as you copy and, and paste it. But again, glad, 
really glad uh, that you guys were able to come in tonight. Mr. Kevin, I also know that you're here with us. I think I saw your name listed. Please go ahead and call in and then mute your mic so we can have you on standby. It's a beautiful, beautiful evening. Today is the 28th of August. The month is coming to an end. The year is coming to an end. I have a friend who keeps counting how many Fridays there are left uh, to Christmas. And yeah, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. We did have New Year's resolutions. We never anticipated the economy being as bad as it is. We never anticipated fuel prices. It looks like this thing keeps happening all the way from 2020. Each year gets worse and worse. And I think we are well set when we look at a topic such as this. Mr. Kevin, um, just greet the listeners and then I'll have Manzi pray as we begin our show tonight. All right. Well, glad to be with you, David. I, I hope that uh, I'm coming through okay for you. We're having some thunderstorms right here where we are, but... Awesome. I, I know that where you are at is actually considered the capital city or something like that, or thunder, I mean, lightning and something like that. I'm, I'm not sure how they phrase it, but <laughs> glad you can be able... We hope we'll keep you throughout the show and we will not lose you at uh, any point. Manzi, why don't you pray for uh, Terry and, uh, and, and, and his family uh, and also just uh, just allow... Allow, I mean, ask God to allow us to have an awesome time uh, this evening. Mazi. All right. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, this day, the 28th day of August, 2022. We don't take it for granted that we are still alive. Uh, some people have are not, Lord. So mm. uh, we remember Terry, his uh, family member, and Jeremy Atunjisa, Lord, comfort them. You are the father to the fatherless. Um, you're the God who is in control. You're the God who, um, who has the beginning from the end. You tell us in your word in Acts that you set the boundaries. From one man you created all men, and you have determined their habitation, Lord. You have determined their number of days. And so far as you call people home, uh, uh, many family members uh, remain heartbroken, wounded, but you are the father to the fatherless. I pray for comfort uh, for their families. Even as we have this show, come and be with us. Your word says we are two or three are gathered in your name. You're there with them. So as we tackle these difficult topics, we know that you're here with us. Will you lead us? Will you guide us? I pray for Kevin as he shares, Lord, that you will be with him, strengthen him, strengthen his family. And above all, may our time bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Manzi. Those of you who just came in, we just listened to the song Hills and Valleys. And that particular verse I just posted here stood out for us. When I'm standing on a mountain, I did not get there on my own. When I'm walking through the valley, I know I am not alone. You are God of the hills and valleys. I'm, I'm always reminded of Psalm 23 um, when he says, Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. And sometimes we forget that when we're going through difficult moments. But again, we want to understand what this means, especially for one who might have lost their job. Manzi, you are back. I don't know if it's me who is back or you are back, but just wanted to say thank you so much, uh, Manzi and uh, Patrick and JJ for the awesome job that you guys did uh, for the last four shows. It allowed me to rest a little bit and dream for this podcast. 
great stuff coming up. Those of you who are listening in, it's going to be amazing. The future is bright. They said you stop growing when you start, I mean, when you, when you stop growing, you start dying. And Cabin Divorce is growing. It's exciting. Some stuff we are thinking about sounds impossible, but we are thinking about them anyway. Did you know that even as we think about the book club, one of the things we are thinking about is the Cabin Divorce library where you can be able to borrow books. And uh, I just contacted the author, Mr. Chip Nightingale, um, for his book, Ceasefire. We could not, it, we could, but it was difficult uh, to get it on Kindle. And he just gave us the rights to print it here in Uganda at half the cost. <laughs> That's just amazing. And as I was thinking about this, I couldn't stop thinking about my friends like Pastor Patrick and uh, some friends in uh, Agape Baptist Church, some friends, pastors like Manzi, who can be able to purchase this book and maybe have it for their Bible study groups. It has some great and awesome uh, Bible study questions at the end. And here is the bonus that as your Bible study group is covering this book uh, chapter by chapter, they have a chance to log into the book club and have an online discussion as well as a physical discussion. The beauty with the online discussion is you get a chance to ask the author himself questions and the author himself will be able to answer these questions on a weekly basis. And I'm going to talk to him maybe once a month. He can do a Zoom for all of those who are discussing the book, Ceasefire. And I have intentions of just contacting several other authors so we can grow the book club here on Cabin Devils. Just go to cabindevils.com and check it out. Sign up. We have For now, we have about membership, I think, of 30. And we've already put the book of gems as well, chapter one and chapter two. They're really uh, they're already up there for discussion. Most of you on the book club did not even know that there was a book of gems. We are going to create a dashboard between the moment you're signed in to the moment you choose the book to allow you to see how many books we have. That was one page that was missing in our system. Again, all of that because Manzi and his friends allowed me to take a month off and continue uh, dreaming for this show. But Pastor Kevin... Um, yes. Just, just give us give us a synopsis of what we are looking forward to today when it comes to this doomsday, the day you lose your job. Well, I think the most important thing we're looking at is trying to get the big picture for what God is doing in your life. I, I think that at the very core of it, I would say that's that's the heart of the matter because. You know, when you introduced the topic to me and, and said you want to do something on doomsday and, you know, with losing a job, I got to thinking, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people lose jobs. And some of those are, you know, in, anything from a person who loses a job because they're terminated, they're fired because they weren't doing a good job to uh, something happens with the company and the company either slows down, uh, gets out of step or, or, or goes, goes defunct. And so the person loses their job. There are some jobs that go obsolete where uh, we used to have when I was a child, a, uh, a television repair uh, business just down the street from our house. And that's no longer there, obviously. Uh, and uh, there aren't any typewriter repair stores anymore. So sometimes that's a reason. Uh, sometimes it's a health issue that comes up. And then, of course, sometimes people, as you said, retire. Uh, they reach the age where you, you age out, you have to stop doing what you're doing. So there's a lot of different reasons for, for doomsday, so to speak, to come if you see it like that. But in reality, each one of those instances to me is just one more opportunity for God to do something in our lives, whether to chisel or, 
or, or hammer away or direct us or, or prepare us for a new chapter of life. There, there's something very exciting that God is doing in all of those. Wow. I am really looking forward to this, um, what God is doing. I, I don't even think in my own research and preparing for this show, I looked at it that way. And it's so obvious that I missed it. And I'm really looking forward to learning uh, from you, Pastor Kevin, tonight, that it's actually God doing something. I mean, there's biblical figures that came to mind, like Joseph, of course, having to lose his job in, uh, in Potiphar's house. And of course, um, uh, someone mentioned, and I'll be reading those comments later on, alluded to Joseph not giving up, but I don't think I looked at it in relation to God doing something. And of course, Joseph comes to the end of his life and says, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. God is doing something. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Think, think how that story would have ended if Joseph had just remained happily in Potiphar's house, working as, mm-hmm. a, as the head servant. Uh, the sto- you know, The story would stop there, but the fact that things ended in his employment, so to speak, that's really mm. a, a very huge step in what God was doing in the bigger picture. Um, mm. You know, when we talk about somebody losing a job, being fired or terminated, and you could say that regarding Joseph, he, <laughs> he got terminated in a rather abrupt manner. Uh, there are, you know, of course, we think of negative reasons why a person might get fired. Perhaps they were not being diligent. Maybe they were uh, gossiping on the job. Maybe they were uh, not, not, uh, being, uh, careful with the boss's resources. There could be negative reasons why a person would lose their job. And that's one thing to ask, what is God doing in that life? But, but with Joseph, he, there's an interesting example because I thought of him as well. There's someone who lost a job because he was doing the right thing because he was righteous and took a stand for God. He was fired. And, and so sometimes that happens. And, uh, Again, uh, that just means God is doing something in his life. But I think it's interesting just because a person is terminated, then you have to ask, was it for was it for the right reason that they were standing for the Lord or was it for something going on that they need to change or improve in their own character in order to do better the next time? Hmm. I, I do have a question right out of what you just talked about, but. Again, I think I'm getting excited and ahead of myself. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it, let me ask it anyway. It's really itching. Um, of course, for Joseph, it's, it's unique, not in a good way sometimes. I mean, think about it. He's fired and not, not just he stays, he doesn't just stay home for lack of a job, but same day he ends up in prison. The top of the food chain to the negative part of the food chain. I'm reminded of Lion King and one and a half, um, <laughs> where Timon says we are so low on the food chain, we are underground. It's it's from losing your job, not just to go home jobless, unemployed, but you end up in prison. But for Joseph, even as you read the story, you are encouraged that he's fired for having integrity. But there are moments where we are fired, like you said, for gossiping on the job or for bad behavior. Do you think, I know somehow I may have a clue to the answer, but is God still doing something in our lives amidst moments where it's really our fault? We're not standing for integrity, but we've lost a job anyway. Absolutely. Because every time that a person faces that situation, it's an opportunity for them to get their heart and their their life right with God. For example, mm-hmm. if a person 
if a person lost their job because they were being lazy. We, we know that the scripture speaks very pointedly uh, in the book of Proverbs and uh, in other places as well uh, about the value of diligence and, and how the lazy person uh, is not going to prosper. And so uh, there's a character trait that is not only going to hinder a person at that particular job, that same character trait will hinder them in their home life. It will hinder them in their service to the Lord in their church because there's a character flaw. And one thing I've learned as a pastor in, in watching people face these situations again and again is I'm able to look and see God is at work. This is an opportunity for this person to get this area of their life right with God and to make a change. And now the question is just going to be, do they see it like that? Are, are they willing to be soft hearted and acknowledge their sin if that's the if that's the case? And, and I always bring it to that. I say, don't don't excuse it and just call it a habit. I say, if, if you were being lazy or if you were stealing from the petty cash fund or if you were doing something you know, wrong against the, the owner of the company, uh, don't don't call that a mistake call it what it is, a sin. And the thing is, once we identify it as what it is, then we can seek God's forgiveness and seek, seek God's victory because God has, a, God has a plan to give us victory over sin. And so uh, then, then it's a matter of the condition of the heart. In, in Romans, in, in, I'm sorry, in, uh, in, in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 28, 13 is a, a proverb that I've many times uh shared with people when they're going through these these situations of God's trying to get their attention. Uh, it says, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And I've many times pointed out to people that they're at a crossroads at a moment like that. They can either conceal their transgression by just not admitting it, by excusing it, by saying, well, everybody on the job does this. Or saying, well, what's the big deal? It didn't really hurt anyone. And, and any way they try to do that, they're concealing their transgression. And it says that that person will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, their transgressions will find compassion. And, and so to me, uh, that situation where a person is fired because of bad behavior, you know, we say doomsday has come. This really is not doomsday. This is God's deliverance from a pattern in your life of sin that needs to be addressed. Mm. And God is just getting your attention by letting the boss knock on your door and say, you can't work here anymore. You, you know, you're, mm. you're not, you're not uh, working the way you should. Well, that's a, that's a gracious act of God sovereignly if the person will let it be. On the other hand, if they're hard-hearted and they, they say, no, that, this, that, that, that stupid boss, he didn't know, he, he didn't know what a good person I, you know, and, and I hear that too sometimes from people where they'll try to justify a, and say that the problem was with the boss. You maybe have met people like this. I have certainly met a number of them in my ministry, people who have been uh, fired from a, a dozen different jobs and they say, Every one of those bosses, they didn't know what they were talking about. None of them appreciated me. And, and you know, it, it's everybody else's fault. And I say, if you have uh, worked and, and you've uh, had uh, three and four and five different jobs where you got fired, uh, at some point you need to look at yourself and say, maybe the problem is not my bosses. Maybe, maybe there's a, and this is what I think God wants to get us to this point. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a character problem and God wants to change something in my heart. 
He wants to bring something to my attention that needs to be dealt with that I've been unaware of, but God is letting me go through this turmoil to make me aware of it. And this is really, again, this is God's mercy. It's the hand of God at work in a life. Hmm. He that covered his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakest them shall have mercy. I think I memorized that verse in 2004. That's uh, quite a while ago, almost 18 years ago. I still don't remember the reference. I know you just mentioned it, but the mercy that God offers and, 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 and you bring that up right there at the end as well, that when God takes us through all of that, that's his mercy in him trying to help us deal with what may be going on uh, in our lives. But I think it brings us to a point in our lives where we must accept um, you confess and forsake uh, that sin, not to completely deny that none of it uh, is true. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Kevin. Manzi, what's up, man? What are you ho- hoping to get from this show? Is there anything you came across as, as you were reading and researching and preparing uh, for tonight? And then I do have a very difficult question I'm going to be firing uh, Pastor Kevin just to scare him a little bit, but it's coming up. Matt Manzi, what's up? <laughs> um, um, uh, David, thank you very much for having me. Um, I, I love what Kevin has shared. It's very, very deep, especially mm-hmm. speaking about how the times when we leave a job and God is working in our lives, uh, maybe it was, uh, we were fired, uh, maybe because we, we stood for what was right. But the times when we leave jobs because we did what was wrong, and still mm. God is working through that mm. and is working through that to wake us up. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, something that I thought about as I was reading about this uh, particular topic is uh, the whole idea of identity, that we are so attached to our work that it becomes our identity. So someone is like, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a pilot. They don't even say I'm a Christian, but those things they 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 claim them to be uh, more than their, for example, faith. So your identity is lost in your work, and so when you lose that job, when people are not calling you honourable member of parliament or calling you doctor so and so, you feel like it's doomsday, and so it's it's I think it's a rebuke to know that. We are not our jobs. <laughs> we are our identities in Christ. Um, we are Christ's workmanship created before the foundation of the world. Uh, God's workmanship, I mean. We are children of mm. God. Um, we can be doctors, yes, but if we stop being doctors after we've retired, or if you are a member of parliament and five the five year term ends and you're no longer, then it's okay. There's yeah, there's there's more to life than that thing that you're doing. Yeah, let me say that for now. Manzi, you say that you are a security expert, cyber security <laughs> expert. Uh, each time we talk about Android and the iPhone, you bring it up um, uh, until you realize that the iPhone is actually meant for security in that sense. But Manzi, <laughs> let's assume that you have been laid off and told, Manzi, you cannot be a lecturer anymore. You're not worthy. Will you ever speak about security and cyber security with the same... <laughs> <laughs> with the same audacity in that sense, how do you hope to handle a moment like that? Yeah, it's um, it's similar to 
to applying for a job and hmm. they like, sorry, we cannot short, we, we did not shortlist you because you, you are not either smart enough or you don't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel like, hey, maybe they're right, but they're not. I mean, hmm. someone lays you off or someone refuses to give you a job because of what you have said uh, or because of what they think about you does not make it true, right? Hmm. Um so if someone says uh, he's been fired, he's no longer a lecturer, but you have the qualification, the qualifications can't be taken away from you. It's, uh, I would say it's an opinion, their opinion of you. Someone else will look at you and be like, ah, oh, this, this guy is good, I'll hire him. Yeah, so sometimes uh, we feel like we, we, it's again, stressed over human approval. <laughs> that was like three weeks back. But mm. we want people to, to say certain things about us. We feel good when people call us uh, honorable. When someone calls you doctor, when someone calls mm. you, and this is doctor with a PhD, not just medical doctor. You feel important. Uh, when someone calls you Christian, you're like, eh, okay. But you want you want human approval. Mm. Uh, Pastor Kevin, I don't know if you noticed, but Manzi was fired a question he wasn't ready for. And he, he sounded like the friend you are talking about that... <laughs> Keep saying, that, that's just their opinion. Um, that's not really who I am. <laughs> Do you think Manzi is living in denial right now? <laughs> no, I do not. I, I think I think that what you shared, Manzi, is perfect because this really is, this is really uh, one of the core uh, principles that I think that, that people have to deal with. As, as a person reckons with, okay, why, why did I get fired? Why did Doomsday come? Or did they, again, did they did they lose their job because the market changed, the company slowed down? Did they lose their job because of a health issue? Uh, did they lose their job because they retired? All of those, all of those have, again, a different set of principles of, about how you, how you have to respond in that moment. But, but the thing they do have in common is, is my, is my identity really that job? Is my identity any job or is my identity something else? or someone else. And I, I say perfect, Manzi, what you say, because this to me is a core is a core idea that my identity ultimately in whatever, I, no matter what I do for a living, and no matter what I do while I walk through this earth, I, uh, my identity is a child of God. My identity is, is uh, I'm one of those who were born not of blood or the will of men or, or flesh or the will of man, but of God. I'm, I'm a child of God. And so the Lord places my value there. He doesn't place my value on my profession. Hmm. So I, I, I like I like your I like his answer a lot. I don't think he's hiding at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mazi, we are still friends. Please don't go offline. Remain <laughs> online. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kevin, for that. Thank you, David. Is out to get me, man. Yeah. But uh, my identity is not in uh, being the co-host of Kevin Devon. My identity is in Christ. <laughs> And, and you know, I've got to say, my identity is not in being a pastor. You know, I, I am a pastor, but but that's not where I'm putting all of my value in this life because that can be that can be changed. That can be changed with one sickness or one accident, and I've known men that that happens to. Occasionally, in my in my 35 years of pastoring, I've had a bad case of laryngitis and and have to go several days without being able to speak at all, trying to get over it. And one of the things I found out is that as a pastor, when you're not able to speak, it doesn't matter how much you know or how much you are able to observe. 
nobody cares if you're not able to speak. <laughs> so mm-hmm. at that point, I've thought at those times, I am just one, you know, major trauma to my, to my vocal cords uh, from being unemployed as far as in the, in the field of what I've worked in in ministry for the past 35 years, mm-hmm. because uh, this one, one health incident could change that. And I've heard pastors speak that have, that have faced those very situations. And, and at that moment, uh, the question becomes, am I therefore now worthless? Do I have no value? Uh, and it's interesting, we have a word in English for a person who can no longer do anything. Uh, we say they're an invalid. And if you think about that word invalid, invalid, they are invalid. They no longer count. And I think that's a shame, you know, that, that in our culture, in our world, we tend to think like that is if a person can't perform a certain task, they no longer count. But before the Lord, that's not the case. Uh, John Milton wrote in, in one of his poems about when he was going blind, you know, they, they, they also serve who only stand and wait. The person who is with a heart of worship and devotion and prayer has a place in serving God and a purpose on this earth, even if they are no longer able to do the, the job <laughs> that they, that they did, uh, throughout their life. So, uh, wow, that, that point of invalid struck differently for me, knowing, uh, and, and some background with IT, you don't even have to be having that background with IT, but think about trying to log into your account and it simply says invalid username or password. Mm. In other words, whatever you just inserted is useless. Think of something else to put that is correct. And to be thought of as invalid is, is, is a difficult, it's a difficult thought. Uh, and yet, before God, we are of value. I mean, that's struck differently. I don't know about the rest of you who are listening in. Uh, this time is flying so fast, but allow me, Pastor Kevin, to very quickly, maybe in about two minutes, just think about this passage that has really, really disturbed me this evening, uh, particularly, because the more I thought about it, I'm, I was trying to think of, apart from Joseph, is there another biblical examples of men and women that could have lost their jobs. And like there's this passage in Luke 16. I know you have studied the book of Luke probably, I don't know, four or five times, uh, Pastor Kevin and taught it several times. You must have come across this passage. Let me read it for you and maybe ask a few questions. This is the parable of the dishonest manager. Of course, this guy knew he's losing his job. Doomsday was coming. And the Bible says, he said to the disciples, this is Christ, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possession. And he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I'm removed from management, people may receive me in their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. 
Then he said to the another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, Make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the internal, eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what... In that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I read this paragraph from, I think it's called godquestions.org uh, or .com. Okay. It says, the term, the term unrighteous, unrighteous or worldly wealth seems to strike readers the wrong way. But Jesus is not saying that the believers should gain wealth unrighteously. And then be generous with it. Unrighteous in reference to wealth can refer to, one, the means in acquiring wealth, two, the way in which one desires to use the wealth, and three, the corrupting influence wealth can have that often leads people to commit unrighteous acts. Given the way in which Jesus employs the term, the third explanation seems the most likely. Wealth is not inherently evil, but the love of money can lead to all sorts of sin. Earthly wealth will fail. I think that was clear in verse 9. You cannot serve God and money. And I think the recommendation here or the command here is to let money help you set eternal treasures. But one point for me that I picked out is relationships and the network of friends will come in handy the day you get fired. But I know this may not be the perfect uh, passage to use for a question like this. Maybe you can help us put it in context, Pastor Kevin, and maybe one or two lessons that we can pick from it. Pastor Kevin. Um, okay, so your so your question is, does this give, uh, in a sense, an endorsement of, you know, use, use a network of friends if you lose a job? Mm-hmm. There's that, but also maybe it one or the other puts perspective exactly what we're talking about in terms of the value for money. But it talks about the shrewdness and uh, children of light are rebuked for not being wise enough in how they handle earthly wealth. Um, yeah. I don't know. But- yeah, I, I think at the outset, you got to remember you're looking at a parable and the point of mm. the parable is to drive home a point. And often the parables, the point is very unexpected. It, it's designed to catch you off guard and be something that uh, that that you you weren't expecting, so that it catches you and 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 gets into your you know it, it drives past any uh, any any place that you might try to say uh, you know I don't want to believe that or accept that, and suddenly here's this this story that catches you, uh, sort of like the the parable when uh, uh, when David was uh, confronted by uh, Nathan the prophet and. Uh, told the story about the, the man with the, uh, the rich man and the man who had the little lamb, like a daughter to him. And, and, you know, at the end of that, you know, David is so worked up because the, the, the story hits home unexpectedly. And mm. I think here with the rich man and, and the, uh, and the, 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 the manager, I think the point of the parable is that, um, he, surprisingly you're, you know, we're, we're expecting at the end of this for the, for the owner 
to rebuke and have the the unrighteous manager hauled away to prison, but instead he praises him because he says, look how wise he was. He used the resources he had right now that are ready to disappear so that he could mm. prepare for the future. And then Jesus takes that and says, that's what we're to do, not to act unrighteously, but we're to use the resources that we have right now that are disappearing, which is the resources for this life, and get ready for the future, which is eternity. So friends will welcome us into eternal homes. So I think there is a principle of, of diligence in, uh, in taking whatever situation God has placed you in and whatever resources he's put in your hand and whatever, for instance, money has, he's put in your hand. Um, I don't think he's only speaking of money. I think he'd be talking of time and energy, talents. But, but in regard to wealth, um, we could use our, our money and just squander it for our own pleasure in this life, or we could use it to find ways to help bring others into the kingdom, to, uh, mm. to impact others uh, with work of missionaries or with uh, printed scripture or by supporting others that are doing work, you know, in full-time ministry. Whatever we do, um, you know, there, there's that question. And I think the principle, though, of, of being diligent, certainly we would say we'd want to we would, none of us would want to be that that unjust uh, or unrighteous manager. Uh, that, that, that would make doomsday come pretty quickly in real life on us. Mm-hmm. But in the parable, it functions very well to prove the point that if even that character got, got praised, imagine how much we would be praised if we would as diligently handle the resources that God has put in our hand. I'm uh, – oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, you are. So finish the thought. Oh, I was going to say, I'm, I'm uh, uh, thinking, you know, in this, uh, as, as we uh, talk about this, and you're right, time is getting away from us. The, the person who, who has a health issue that comes up, may, maybe a sickness or maybe an accident in their life, uh, and, and the challenges that come with that particular doomsday, because there I think the person feels like, I didn't do anything wrong. This was completely, you know, apart from my desire, and I didn't plan for this to happen. It, it, it took place and I'm a victim, so to speak. And, and I think mm-hmm. that when, when those situations come, we have to be very careful to drive that stake in the ground about the character of God, that God is righteous and God is good. And he always does that which is holy and perfect. So he, God has not wronged us. I'll give you an example. I know a, uh, a, a woman who was a doctor a godly woman loved the Lord and she was a doctor and uh, she had a genetic uh, problem in her family line of, of losing their hearing. And so she finally, you know, working as a doctor with her own practice, she began to lose her hearing and she had to ultimately retire because she was afraid that she would misdiagnose someone for the inability to hear with a stethoscope or, or some, some symptom. And so she had to step away and stop practicing as a doctor. And take that as an example, that could make a person very bitter. Like, you know, God, how could you do that to me? But that's if we are seeing our life as belonging to us. But if on the other hand, we're seeing our life as belonging to God, and everything in our life is just on loan. It's not ours, it's on loan from God. And if the Lord gives and takes away, if he takes that thing away, then we've got to get to the place. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but we've got to get to the place 
where we say, the Lord has brought me to a new chapter in my life. I'm no longer going to be doing the thing I used to do, even if that had a title or not. Now I'm going to be doing something completely different. The question then becomes, what are you going to do with the rest of your time? Uh, Are you going to retrain for a different job? Are you going to, uh, if you're uh, moved along in life some, are you going to take time to begin finding ways to serve the Lord uh, more so full time? Or or will you sit in your room and be upset and bitter and angry at God? That's the question that I think, you know, in, in this doomsday of what you do with it. That's why I say it's, it's to me an exciting opportunity. God is at work trying to get our attention because he doesn't want us to become embittered and to uh, throw blame at him, of course. He wants us to see this as an opportunity to grow. Uh, and it's what he'll do with it if we let him. Mm. Wow, it's 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 hard to imagine when you when you talked about the doctor who has to step away, maybe based on a, a health condition that they have no control over. Um, it's it's hard. It is hard, and there are so many possibilities that can cause one to lose a job. And indeed, uh, it, it's doomsday. Pastor Kevin, we do have friends here who have lost real jobs. There are real people who have lost real jobs. Probably some are still searching. And I've experienced the pain. There are some of us who have only worked in one place. Um, I who speak <laughs> for 14 years. I, I don't think I know anything else apart from what I do right now. Um, every time I think about not serving uh, in the way, the, the capacity which I'm serving, I feel like it's it will be doomsday. And I want to ask you to maybe take the next couple of minutes to share with us uninterrupted uh, principles that you could have left out uh, that were not shared yet uh, with us. When we talked about that shrewd manager who was able to use his resources um, to invest um, when that day comes, and I know Christ at this point is talking about um, uh, using uh, resources that we have for the kingdom, uh, store up your treasures uh, in a place where moth and rust cannot destroy. There's been a sense in which um, um, there's, there's an expectation, cultural expectation, that if you save enough, if you can store up as much treasure as you can right now in your bank account, the day you lose your job will not be doomsday. But I've not met a person, no matter how rich they are, who does not care that they have no job. Even those who, according to me, are well off, will still be devastated if they do not have a source of income. Um, I, I have a feeling, it's a funny feeling, that money alone, savings alone, cannot save us from uh, from that day. But Pastor Kevin, is there anything else you could have left out? And then maybe after you have spoken, I'll ask Manzi if he has any questions uh, for you. Pastor Kevin. Absolutely. And by the way, I agree with what you say, David, that the the, the difficulty of a person who has had a life where they have been doing productively some job and then they step away, even if they do it at retirement age and they willingly do it, they set the time. I've, I've seen many people and, and here in Florida, we are known as the retirement capital of the United States. So I've known many people who've retired and lo- left their job willingly, but then they begin to, uh, to become very uh, anxious and, and very uh, bothered by the lack of being what they used to be. And so uh, at that point, the person needs to 
there, there's got to be some something that goes on. So let me give you some principles that for me, wherever and and for whatever purpose a person has has lost a job, and I appreciate what you say about you know there are real people in real jobs. I agree. These things are not theoretical. This is not armchair theology of like, hey, let's just you know quote some Bible verses. Of course, what what this is 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 this is showing the practicality of the Word of God because I've 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 dealt with many people who have lost jobs for some of these various reasons. And so I would say whatever the reason, take these principles. I'm going to run through some very quickly. And if, if any of these uh, apply to you, then then let that happen. The, the first principle for me, or the first step, I'll say, uh, not, not necessarily sequentially, but just let me give you some, some important steps. I think one step there is we need to do some soul searching. Some soul searching like in, in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. That kind of a, of a, of a, a searching of our hearts, that is saying whatever the situation, whether I left a job because I got fired or, or maybe God has moved me or maybe I had an accident uh, and it's time for me to just before the Lord spend some time and say, Father, are you, is there something right now that you're doing in my life? Is there something that I need to be aware of? Is there something that I've been too hardened about? And maybe this is a good time for you to, to get my attention. So to have that kind of a, of a soul searching, I think is an important step. I think it's a very important uh, step to, to make a decision to trust God that even though I, I'm in a time of difficulty, God has a purpose here. He's at work in my life. I've mentioned this already. I find it uh, instructive that if, if you look at the beginning of James chapter one, where he talks about the uh, counting it all joy when we encounter various trials, we, we know when, when the Lord brings us in times of trial that the that the outcome of that is going to be spiritual growth. That's what he promises uh, for us, so that so that uh, you know, n- knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Uh, and uh, let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I've asked Christians sometimes who are in a situation like this, you know, would you like to be perfect and complete in your faith, lacking in nothing? Well, this is what God's doing in your life right now. Uh, you know, he's, he's taking you through a trial. So trust God because our Father is not doing this thing to you just arbitrarily. He's doing it for a purpose. Another important step in this is thanksgiving. You know, the scripture says, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And yet we find when things don't go the way we want, it's easy in our in our human soul to start murmuring, oh, God, why did, why did you, how could you let this happen? But but to take instead and, and find thanksgiving in our hearts. Father, thank you that you have done this in my life because I know you've got something else that you're going to, to give to me. I know that you're at work. I know that you have a plan for my life. I know that you are, are stretching me right now. And so having being, you know, having that, that kind of a, an attitude, uh, and that's right part of the next step or principle, which to me would be prayer. Think of this as a time when, when doomsday has come. This is a time to grow in, in our prayer life. And, and that goes right along with Thanksgiving, a very classic passage, of course, Philippians chapter four, uh, starting at verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. And there's that importance of Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. 
And of course, the promise of the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This might be when doomsday has come and you've lost a job. Maybe this is God's moment for you to learn how to deepen your prayer life and become a mighty man or woman of God in prayer. I think there's a, I've got two more. There's a step here of availability. Uh, uh, We know that in, for instance, the book of Isaiah chapter six, when the Lord says, who will go for me to take the message to Israel? You know, it's Isaiah that stands up and says, here I am, Lord, send me. And that, that availability, this, this to me is an exciting thing. Maybe what God has done is shuffled your life so that you're going to get out of a mundane routine and maybe you're going to ultimately have more time to be available to serve God. And especially I say that to somebody who's retired from a job. Um, it, It might be that in their retirement, God doesn't want them just to go around and travel and try to enjoy life. Maybe God wants them to be available to do the work of the kingdom. And I think we all should check that. And then the last one, I give the last step of, you know, doomsday has come. It's a heart of expectation. And this kind of all goes together for me, but it's so real. I've got to be expecting that my father is at work here and he really does have something great that's coming. And I always have to remember that doesn't necessarily mean a promotion or a better job in this life. Ultimately, that means eternity. And I've got to, I've got to set my mind on those things above, like, like Paul talks about in Colossians chapter 3, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I've got to set my mind not on the things that are on the earth, but on the things above. And that expectation that, you know, eternity is ahead. And, and, uh, and I'm going to put my faith in God, and, and I'm going to get through this. By clinging tenaciously to him. I, I just believe that God will do great things in our lives, even when doomsday comes, if we can have those kind of attitudes. All right. Wow. Wow. Welcome thank back. you. Thank you very much, Kevin. Um, I feel like you stole my answer when you spoke about <laughs> Thanksgiving. I, I wanted to add that as a point uh, at our church today, we studied Exodus 15. We're in the book of Exodus at Ebenezer. Mm. And we come to the point of uh, where they get to the bitter water. Mara, um, yeah, Mara, that water which they tasted. So you look at chapter 15. The first portion is the song of Moses. They have, you know, crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. And they're celebrating and they're so happy. But three days later, they... They ask for water, uh, they get to Mara, the water is bitter, and they grumble against Moses, really against God. And it reminded me of how we, we react in that, you know, when we lose a job, is we grumble. And you said, Mama, we grumble. And when you think about it, like uh, David said, he has been at Word of Life for 14 years. How about we thank God for the 14 years? Um if you've been somewhere for two years, three years, uh, maybe you've lost a job, you don't have money for tuition for your child, maybe let's say they're in high school. God has provided from when they were born up to that point. So if he's able to do that, then he'll be able to take you through the next season or the next trial or the next problem. So yeah, it's something I thought about when I was at church in the morning. And uh, I said, as we discuss this, it would be a good point to bring across. And I like that you mentioned that 
to be thankful um you know that this thing that has happened first of all god is still in control but also count your blessings <clears throat> count your blessings it could be you've been at this workplace for one year how did you get the job it was god who helped you get the job you've lost the job um but be grateful for the one year that you've been there so thank you very much kevin um i'll not ask any other questions i just wanted to confirm that you you stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry for doing that, but but I, I like what you say very much. I, I think that you you are absolutely uh, right on track. Excellent, David. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Kevin and uh, Manzi. It it feels like we rushed through this. Uh, I know, Pastor Kevin, I sent you an email you never responded to, but you have a chance to respond right now. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to do <laughs> would you like to do a sequel to this maybe someday when you're available and what like to call uh part two what instead of doomsday uh, thinking about a title oh happy day the day you get your new job um <laughs> I, I was just thinking maybe that day will come for some of us when we have to switch to another better paying job i know some of the points of head right now is increase your giving uh, when it comes to church uh, and tithing, I'm, I'm just thinking about this randomly, but I don't know, would would this be something you'd be interested in? It doesn't have to be this year. It's really an open check for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'll go ahead and sign that open check for you. That's okay. Yeah, that would be fun. I, I think it would be good because that's a whole other set of, uh, uh, of what do we do now. So God has moved and you have that new job. So mm. how do you step and enter into that? I think it's a good, I think that's a good discussion too. Absolutely. I'd be think, glad to. In as, yeah, in as much as Joseph was fired, prisoned, imprisoned, he ended up in, uh, in, in Pharaoh's, in Pharaoh's uh, government. And of course, that was a new job. And of course, thinking about his brothers that came looking for food in this new capacity, he was merciful, he was compassionate and forgiving. You know? And so I think it'll be awesome. I'll let you guys know when that will be. But thank you. And thank you so much. If you have any questions, we still have three minutes. I'm so sorry. I'm asking for questions really at the end. But if you'd have any questions, put them in the chat and ask Pastor Kevin. I can give you maybe an extra two minutes uh, on the show to be able to cover uh, any questions that you guys might have. But thank you so much, Pastor Patrick, for coming. I can see, I forget who God's last born is. I see the name there. Someone did mention that to me. Uh, Lindsay, glad to have you. Mukisa, bright. Thank you. Uh, this is Kamanzi, bright. Yes, thank you so much. And Ivan Mimigal, glad that you're here. Um, let me read for you some of the thoughts that came through our WhatsApp group um, as we were talking about this topic right before uh, the show started. By the way, if you'd like to join the Cabin Devils WhatsApp group, just go to cabindevils.com on the homepage, click WhatsApp. It's as easy as that and to be able to join the WhatsApp group. Go to cabindivorce.com and click WhatsApp. But as we are thinking about this topic, I asked some friends to share their thoughts. And uh, Sylvia said, I think um, this is in relation to, in, to what do you do if you lose your job? Of course, Elena says, always remember, it's not the end of the world. And then uh, I do... Uh, Manzi here commented and says it's not your fault, you lost the job and of course the discussion went back and forth uh, on the group and then Sylvia said I think the reason for the loss determines the principle 
If laid off, for example, just knowing God is in control and has a reason for everything, if fired for misconduct, hey, he says he disciplines those he loves. It's time to check your life and repent, get back on track. And I think this goes right in line with what Pastor Kevin was talking about, uh, Psalm 139, Search my heart, O God. And Elena says, well, I asked her uh, whether the world coming to an end might be an understatement because some of us, our world is very, very small. Our world is your spouse is the only breadwinner and they lose their job. That's the end of the world. And great discussions here. And then um, someone here mentioned and said, man, may I have no comment. These are fresh wounds. And I'm glad that you're able to join in tonight. And uh, maybe I hope that you got some answers from what Pastor Kevin um, was sharing. Then we do have Trisha here said, and I won't end with this. Uh, second last. Trisha said, mine would be tofa kumulamwa. What that means, Pastor Kevin, is do not leave what the main point is. Don't forsake the main point. Um, and it says, what I mean by that is don't lose sight of what God, uh, in the midst of all the worry and anxiety, don't miss sight of what God is doing. And it says, God is still sovereign. He's still in control. He sees. He cares. When Joseph was stripped of his responsibilities and thrown in jail over a false accusation, uh, from his boss's wife, even in jail, he continued to serve God faithfully, trusting that he will be ex- exonerated someday. It took a while, but one day he was in jail, and the next he was prime minister. And then Marvin Odongo said, this is a good one. Uh, when he talked about remembering that it's not the end of the world, Marvin said, it's, not, it's a good one. But boss, at that point, it's very hard to think It's not. So lots of counseling to help one get through the initial shock uh, to grieving. And that place of acceptance is key. So for me, counseling will be a great place to start. Hopefully with a close buddy or a mentor, someone will look up to. And I think this is very, very helpful. If stuff is overwhelming for you, please, please, please. Uh, seek seek advice from friends. Seek advice from friends. We it's one minute uh, past the uh, top of the hour. One last question. It could be a quick one, Pastor Kevin. What if you've been fired um, unjustly? And I know the Bible, the scriptures are very, very uh, sensitive when it comes to uh, the part of suing. Um, and I know. I think it's mentioned to church where we take church discipline issues to court, but is there a place where we can go to court? <laughs> if we've been fired unjustly, I know this is coming in really at the end, but if you have a minute or two, Pastor Kevin, what would you, your advice be? <laughs> when do you know when to sue and not to sue? Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm laughing at that because that is a, that's a huge topic to throw in at the very last minute. But, <laughs> yeah, but, I know. But, but I would, I would say my, this is just for me, my, my own, uh, my own, decision on that in my life is that, uh, I, I would rather not enter into that situation and, and mm. begin, uh, trying to, uh, argue something like that or, or put all of that energy into going to court or suing someone. I would mm. rather, I would rather seek a heart of forgiveness and mm. release that and then turn that same energy towards the Lord. Uh, you know, that, that, that same time, that same focus I would have put on trying to navigate a lawsuit I would rather put mm. that positively on the kingdom of God and just say, my father knows what happened and that's mm. enough. Interestingly, I did have one situation with the first church that I worked at 
where a pastor who was retiring had wanted me to be the next pastor. Uh, but when the time came after five years, he uh, then said, I want you to be the next pastor, but I never want you to change. And then he named some items he never wanted me to change. And they were items we had talked about all the way along that if I ever became the pastor, I would want to change those things because it was a church that had some some things not correct in how the leadership was and how they were doing a few things. And I was very upfront. I'd said, you know, but at any rate, we came to a point and I said, well, you know, I could either say I'll never change those things and become the pastor and then change them anyway. But I said, I won't do that. So the only other thing I can do is resign. And and this pastor who was older, ready to retire said, well, then you need to resign. And so I did. And, and you know, it, it generated some anger towards me from some people like, what did you do? Why are you leaving You know, the church? What did you, you know? And they didn't know the story. And there was this question, what do I do? I didn't want to create disunity in the body of Christ. I just decided, you know what? The Lord knows. And one day it will all be straightened out before the throne of Christ. That's good enough for me. And I let that thing go. And, uh, and I think that was the right decision because I went on and put my, my time and energy into the next phase of ministry in our lives. And I, I refused to let that make me bitter because, you know, it can make you very bitter carrying around that unforgiveness. And uh, I didn't want that to happen. So anyway, um, I don't know that that's an across the board by way of command to everybody. I'm just saying that's how I've sort of looked at that in my life. It's a it's an exciting opportunity to forgive and uh, trust in the Lord more deeply. And uh, and I do think that Matthew six thirty three. I'm I mean yeah Matthew six thirty three is still true. It's the last thing I'll say. Uh, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is talking about the necessities of life, the the basic needs. And and to me, uh, even if we've been wrongly terminated, I would say, well, this is an opportunity to seek the heart of God more deeply and see how my heavenly father is going to uh, uh, provide for me. So that's just my take. That's how how I approach that. So that's my two minute answer. And now I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much. For those of you who might have missed part of the show, uh, I'll just recap a couple of points. Pastor Kevin did mention six major principles to consider the day you lose your job. One, do some soul searching. Make a decision to trust God. Don't forget the aspect of thanksgiving. And then prayer as according to Philippians chapter 4. And then availability. Here I am, Lord, send me, but also develop a heart of expectation. That does not mean a better job, but at least to constantly look out for what God is doing in our lives. And with those few words, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We'll see you again next week. It's been a great evening. I'm really glad, glad that you guys came. Thank you once again uh, for tuning into Cabinet Balls. May God bless you and hope to see you again next week. Have a good night.